Welcome back to Division One Rejects. It has been a long while, but um, Blaze, we're back. We're back. We're back, brother. Just uh, Blaze and myself, Kobe Manzo, today on D1 Rejects. It'll be an audio-only podcast today just because that's simpler, Gosh. and uh, we're on break right now, so less work is better. But I do want to get back to producing more episodes, and just because there's a lot of great storylines going on right now. You just you scroll missing through, a lot of stuff. You scroll through Twitter and you see all these headlines and you're like, man, I just want to like to talk about this to some type of audience besides just my same yeah. buddies that I always just speak about football stuff. We to. have like all the NFL and college season. Right. I haven't talked about. So we're going to cover every single game in depth analysis. Not really, but we are going to cover um, a lot of the more recent, uh, I would say, struggles from our NFL and college franchises. But, um, you know, as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show. We will be getting some guests on here future. We'll have another episode later this week. Excuse me. Hopefully get some more guests on here. Um, no guests today. Just the two of us talking a little bit of football. But I appreciate you joining us. First of all, Blaze, you brought to my attention. I saw this on Twitter um, this week as well. The USFL, the United States Football League, is back. It's back, baby. And I don't know when it went out of business officially. Me either. But like it's been a it's been a minute for the USFL. And the drama of their existence was that basically they tried to compete with the NFL. They tried to take over what the NFL had and they it went into a series of lawsuits and um all about monopoly and how the NFL was monopolizing the game of football and it took this whole other course and route and they basically got nothing from it. I believe at the end of the story, the NFL gave them like a dollar and like literally a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's actually how the story goes because there's a book wow. written about it and it is something else. So the USFL is back. I don't know if this is the perfect time to be announcing yet another spring league. We've seen so many collapse in the past, but you know, I'm you and myself. More football. Diehard XFL fans as well. <laughs> so we'll talk about how yeah. this compares to the XFL here in a little bit. And we got our own team this time. We do have our own team. The Michigan Panthers. Their color scheme, though, it, yeah, awful, terrible. Color scheme is terrible. It's like, like that weird. It's not even like calling it maroon is not justice. Like it's <laughs> worse than maroon, and, and like a like, weird blue. Yeah, it's just something that you don't think is visually. What's appearing. like the OG Michigan Panthers? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, so maybe that it's got to be the OG colors. I, I would assume, to my knowledge, unless they rebranded in the old USFL, the Michigan Panthers were like it. Were they? they? were the team, I think. Cream of the crop? I think so. So, we're, From obviously, what I've heard. we're going to be right back there. I hope so. So, the USFL, they are going to debut in April of 2022 with eight teams. They'll make up a North and South division, which includes our Michigan Panthers, who will be in the North division. So, the teams will play a 10-game season, and that will be two games against each of your three conference opponents each, and you'll play each of the other, um, like for our case, the South. You'll play each of those teams once. Right. To make up the 10-game season. Now, at the end of that season, they will have a little bit of a playoff. They'll have a semifinal within the division. And then you'll get one team from each division that will play for the USFL championship. That team will obviously go on to play the the Lions or the Jaguars. Whoever does worse in the NFL. And uh, the winner will take their franchise. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. The winner is promoted to the NFL. Yeah, right. And the or, loser gets rejected. There'll yep. be no more tanking in professional sports. No. No. But hey, Look at that. Pontiac Silverdome used to be the home field. Are you serious? The colors are actually kind of similar, though. It's no longer well, the Pontiac yeah. Silverdome. No, it is not. Oh, I will mention, too, all eight teams will share one host city for the inaugural season. Did you see that? I did not. So they're all going to be playing in the same oh. city. 
That should be interesting. That is interesting. Every what game's you, a home game. Yeah, right? <laughs> How do you house that many individuals separately? It's just the logistics don't make a lot of sense. Now, they did say, uh, league executives said that the teams, they are expected to be playing in their own markets in the near future, like mm-hmm. after that season, after the inaugural season. But, like, I guess it saves costs by a lot if you have to play in one place, right? But I don't logistically understand how you're going to pull that off with eight teams playing in one stadium. Right. So they said there will be games on Saturday and Sunday with some other, like, like a like a nightly football, like how we have Monday night football and like the prime right. time spots on Friday and Monday. Nice. So, you want to hear some Michigan Panthers uh, background? I'd love information? to. Let's hear this. So I gotta get because I'm gonna be a fan. Only two obviously. seasons, okay? So they were only around for two seasons. 1983 was the first season. There we go. We went okay. 12 and six, one USFL championship. They played 18 games. The first season. And then That's a lot of games. 1984 went 10 and eight, lost in the quarterfinal. Okay, so not bad. We won the Not first ever championship. We did. So, and then that was it. I'm here for it right now. I'm here for any type of, uh, you know, any type of that football. We don't have an XFL team. We don't. We, we don't. Didn't. So we got to. We didn't. Which, right. as of now, we don't still. Right. But uh, that is kind of fun though. That has its own perks because you can kind of just get to peruse and like pick your favorites, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. We were, we were PJ Walker guys, but I also I like my Battle Hawks. Um, <laughs> you know, last St. Year. Louis. Yep, I love those guys. Yep, yep. He was. He got signed to a practice squad somewhere. Yeah, Lions. Yeah, it was the Lions. You're right. So, um, back to the USFL. You're going to find this pretty funny. Do you know who the head of officiating is for the new league? You don't. I, I don't. No. But you said I'm going to find it funny. You're so. going to find it funny. Who do you think an absolute clown that used to be affiliated with the National Football League in terms of officiating that would be a perfect figurehead for their officiating role in the USFL? Who can we think of right off the top of our heads? Mm. Me? I yeah. have no, no idea. Clue. If you show me a picture, I'd probably know. Mike Pereira. Oh. <laughs> yep, I know exactly who that is. Oh, my god! So, Mike Pereira will be the head of officiating for this new league. He was previously the NFL vice president of officiating. I didn't realize he was that high up. But, oh, my goodness, whenever he came on the TV when I was watching an NFL game, right. immediately frustrated. <laughs> Anger just coursed through my veins. Right. He was insatiable like just so difficult to watch um but obviously he's been to pretty high places and he's had that role for a while so they must have seen something in him that is redeeming enough to hire him as as that role so it'll be interesting if, if they try and do something different because the nfl catches so much need flack. some big name guys in there huh? right but like the nfl catches so much flack for officiating right now especially with the new taunting rules and everything yeah. so how do they take that and like that's the thing is how do you differentiate yourself from the nfl because the XFL has tried to do that in a couple ways. Right. But if you don't differentiate yourself, you're just going to fail. Right. Because you can't beat the NFL at their own game. You can't. You know? No. You literally can't. That's just you not can't. how it works. At least in right now, you cannot. So how do they... I think officiating is one of those ways that they could be trying to be more lenient and flexible. So and what you're saying is like... People. Miles Garrett hitting you with your own helmet is, is legal. Encouraged. In, in the, encouraged almost. In the USFL. <laughs> we should be spokespeople. But no, I really think like... If they do want to create an impact and retain viewership and those type of aspects, mm-hmm. they need to have some distinct, separate differences from the NFL. And because that's what the XFL tried to do in certain ways back right. in its inception. Right. Right. When you didn't have a kickoff, you had yeah. two grown men running full speed at a ball and wrestling in the middle of a field until one grabbed the pigskin. Yeah. You know how many guys got hurt doing that? Probably a lot. A ridiculous amount. <laughs> 
And they stopped. They had to literally stop because obviously you're going to put one of your better athletes out there. Right. And then your better athlete, like one of your best athletes can't play the game. I don't game. Even know if I'd want to do that. Right? But these guys were just like, this is my last chance. Yeah, the nicknames. I got it. The nicknames were sweet on the jerseys. Mm-hmm. Those were sick. It, and it was all about personality. So especially, that's where everything's trending. I mean, like college sports and everything like that. Did you see the Kentucky, was it Kentucky defensive end who had the brand deal with the uh, the dental office? No. Oh, my goodness. After that, I'm, I'm pulling this up and watching that. But if did you guys you did not the, uh, see that, it was fantastic. The Kansas guy who caught that two-point to beat Texas. Yes, he had that and he commercial. had the Applebee's spot. Yeah. See, like, Always go for is... two or something. What did he say? <laughs> and then he winked. Yeah. <laughs> and then he winked at the end of it. It was awesome, dude. Um, it looked like a commercial of someone making a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had all the cameras there and everything. Okay, so... USFL, how do they stack up against the XFL? They're going to be competing probably during the same time. These how, are many, both how many teams are there? Professional spring leagues. There are eight, eight teams, teams in the USFL. The XFL has what, 10? Uh, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Sounds Maybe about should, right, though. I feel Maybe like 10 is a good number. I should find that. But how do how do they stack up against the XFL is the question. That's what I got to figure out. What do, you, what do you mean, stack up? Like, who gets priority? You know what I mean? Like, they're competing yeah. against each other for the same viewers, right? People right. are trying to watch Is football. the XFL coming back? They are coming back. Oh. Come on, we've been over this. So, so they're going to be playing at the same time? That's what I'm saying. They're going to be back. Wow. Now, the XFL isn't coming back until 2023. Okay. So, so they got a little... XFL says it has eight teams. Eight teams as well. Okay. So that's going to be interesting. Like, that's going to be really interesting. So the uh, USFL has a little time to themselves? Yeah, they do. So I guess that... Uh, what do you call that? Like an early an early make, mover advantage? Chance to make their case. That's like an econ term, right? Yeah. Early mover advantage or something like then that? The, X, the XFL got cut off because of COVID, right? Yeah, and they were doing pretty well. They were. Like, relatively speaking. Yeah. They had actual viewership. There were people coming out to the games, especially in cities like St. Louis Houston? that were deprived of a, of a football team. Houston right. obviously already has that presence. Right. Um, Some but of the guys made it out. They did. You see Donald Parr? He's balling yes. out. I did. He's balling out, which makes sense. That dude was an absolute monster. PJ Walker beat the Lions. Oh, dude. I take that him over. Crazy. We'll talk about them just here in a second. I'll take him over any quarterback on our roster right now. <laughs> yeah. That includes Jared Goff. It does include Jared Goff. That includes the Goffster. Everything includes He's Jared Goff. brutal. <laughs> he is so, it's, it's terrible to watch. about our men? All right, we'll talk about this later. Don't no, we can, get in, we can get into it. That's basically all I had for that. Oh, I mean, okay. We can TB get right 12, into it. Tim Boyle. TB12, Tim Boyle. I'm listening to 97.1 driving home for break uh, the other day, and, and, and Stoney and them, and they're talking about um, Doyle. And I'm like, who's this Doyle guy who's that you're talking about? He's messing up his name for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then he's like, that Sam guy, what's his name? Sam. He's like, his name's not Sam. It's TB12. It's Tim. Or Tom, whatever. Sam Doyle he's instead like, of he's Tim like, Boyle? He's, he's like, it's either Tim or Tom. He's like, I don't know. None of them even knew his name. Yeah. Cracked me up. Like, that yeah. was so funny. But it, you ever it's get into ridiculous. The, you ever see the the history of Tim Boyle? I have not seen the history. Oh, Car- my UConn? History? At UConn stats? Well, all stats. Oh, Jesus. What does that mean? I mean, it's just not good. Yeah, it's not That's good. Someone who's like, how is this guy starting a game in the NFL? How is he on a roster in They're the like, NFL? This is the most miraculous thing I've ever seen. Is it right? <laughs> like, he's he's like an absolute fraud. Yeah. As far as he's just totally hoodwinked at the system. I feel like David Blau has definitely made his case multiple times. Right? They don't trust but yet, him. They don't trust him. I don't know how he doesn't go out there. They don't trust Tim. They don't trust Dave. They don't trust anyone. So... I don't understand how our organization cannot get competent backup quarterbacks 
Because I mean, we have one that just doesn't play in the game. You've seen so many other organizations when quarterbacks go down, you have guys come in. Heineke's a great example of that, who's now yeah. the guy because of injury, whatever. But yeah. he's a great example of that. No one knew who that guy was. He comes out, holy shit, this guy can play. Look at this guy. And then you go to uh, like a Carolina or like a Denver has gone through all of these um, quarterback changes. And they yeah. seem to have not guys that are going to go in there and be. going through it since Peyton left. Right. They're not franchise quarterbacks, but right. a backup quarterback is someone that can guide your team, not for three years, but maybe like for three games. Yeah. Is that too much to ask for? Maybe when Jared Goff hurts himself and then right. we need a quarterback. Right. So that's been that's been really hard. And then the Lions struggles, It's they're no longer winless, but they may even be more hopeless. That's what I had written down right they are, there. They are I thought that was pretty clever. I mean, I, I saw, sorry, they're no longer um, uh what what, am I, what was the word I'm looking for? Defeated? Not winless. Yeah, they're no longer <laughs> they're no longer defeated, but uh, they are still winless. You're correct. Yeah. Um, bad bad phrasing on that one. Um, that was a terrible game. Did you watch that Pittsburgh game? The Pittsburgh game. Yeah, I did. I watched the we entirety of it. Could have. But then our Should've. kicker our kicker walked out there and said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do this today. I'm not a professional at my job. <laughs> how did I get out here? <laughs> I don't even know how to kick ball. <laughs> like, it's, it's probably it's getting the point. on the we need to start doing background checks. They were getting on, some of these on the bus before the game. They're like, "You, you're gonna kick for us today." <laughs> he had a jersey on. Yeah, he had a jersey on. Really? I mean, wait, I kicked. You kicked for it? Yeah, high school punt, pass, and kick. Yeah, I, God, it's gotta warm up my leg. <laughs> but that was brutal. Like just watching that game, and a lot of the blame goes towards the roster, and deservedly so. But when your offense has less touchdowns in the last three games than Darius Slay. <laughs> I don't think you can put that much blame on the roster. No. You can't. It comes back to just your organization and franchise in general, and a lot of that has to do with coaching. Yeah. So what's your take on, I'm sure you saw that Dan Campbell took over the play calling. I did from, see that. Yeah. He talks so, to Goff. Yes. Or AK, the quarterback. Yeah, whatever. Whoever happens to be in that role. But how can you take the play calling like that? I don't think that's, that's not your role. I don't know. I think he just wanted to test it out. But why? You've got a Why proven not? guy in there. I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Aaron Glenn? Yeah. No, no, no. no. That's the defensive coordinator. Uh, Chargers. Oh. Anthony Lynn. Yep, yep. So you have a proven guy there in Anthony Lynn. Obviously, he was a head coach in the league. He gets booted out mm-hmm. of uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. And so now he they get him on the staff. I was pretty excited about that hire because it's just. So was I. Yeah. I mean, and he's a good football mind. He's been doing some good things, I thought, earlier earlier in the year. Uh, with, with the limited pieces that we've had with our banged up offensive line. And you say no. This is this is my this is my thing. This is I'm going to be calling. I don't think he calls the plays necessarily. That's he what just talks to the quarterback. I, they made it sound like he was taking over play calling privileges from Anthony Lynn. He he might he might have been doing that. Yeah, but I feel like I we'll feel never like really know. Together. We'll never really know. Well, yeah, because Anthony Lynn's going to be doing something. Yeah, yeah, agreed. He's not just sitting there with his twiddling his thumbs, but like. You know, for a second, I was as like, oh, the, maybe yeah. Dan Campbell knows what's going on. We, we no. tied the Steelers. What is happening? No. They're and then just last week, awful. we just, what, whatever that was. It's awful. No, Jared it's Goff brutal. had like 11 passing yards in the fourth quarter. Right? I was like, what is happening? What kind of football is this? It's, it's not really football. I mean, it's DeAndre Swift is, is enjoying it, at least. He's, yeah. And he'd be, he got nominated for that Two FedEx. Two straight 100-yard rush, rushing yeah. games? That's like, when did the Lions. Lions ever? Yeah, when did the Lions ever do that? That's fantastic. Never. But when when people say that we don't have the roster pieces, you look at the offensive side of the ball, and the quarterback one is obviously super important. I understand that. We do have a wide receiver, so we have no depth at wide receiver, and we lost our biggest names there in uh, Galladay and in Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. right? But our offensive line, when healthy, 
mm-hmm. is I'd say one of the best. It could be one of the best could in the be. league potential wise, especially when they continue to play with each other and they get that chemistry. Our backfield, we saw uh, DeAndre Swift obviously has been playing out of his mind, yep. which we've expected from him. Yep. Jamal Williams has been a great addition, even mm-hmm. though he was hurt. Good Sucks backup. to see him out, but he's back now. Yeah, he's back. Um, did you see how happy he was to be back? He yeah. was wearing his helmet at like the presser and yeah, everything. <laughs> so funny. Um, but then the other guy that we had in there, Iguabuike. Yeah. Iguabuike. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know the name, but I, I feel awful yep. trying to say he it. He scored a touchdown. Busted off a couple great runs. Hurt himself. Hurt himself. But I mean, like we have we have depth at that position. Like that's yeah. that's a good spot for us. And then we have um, Jamar Jefferson. Yes, we do have Jamar Jefferson. He had some good runs as well. So like like I said, I don't think you can look at the roster. Like there have been some players. We have some players on defense. Believe it or not, that can actually that can actually play. Yeah. It's taken me a little bit to realize that. But we mm-hmm. do have a few. I'm not, I'm not so disappointed in our like uh, DB area anymore. Right. right. Yeah. I don't. Some young I, guys. I, some I really young unknown been. guys. But especially after watching they're Michigan State. Work out there. Especially after watching Michigan State. But yeah. as far as the Lions go, like a lot of people are are saying that if Dan Campbell was anywhere else, he already he'd already be getting like you know there'd be called for him to be fired. I don't yeah. think I don't think you can go that far yet. Yeah. And you can't put you know it's just not enough time. The roster, now, I mean, if you don't a chance, win a game, the roster's a little. Oh, the roster's not great, but if you don't win a game this whole year, then you can start to look and say, "Wait a minute, maybe this guy who has never been a coordinator or head coach in the NFL might not have been the best choice." We'll never know. I mean, I guess we, we, we will. will. Know we eventually. will. We will know eventually. Yeah, and it'll be interesting when we do. But now, a lot of those things that Dan Campbell said in the past, a mm-hmm. lot of his like. Quirky little, like the the biting of the kneecaps yeah. and and um, wearing the the race car helmet to the presser right. and all that stuff. Drinking his like nineteen coffees yep. in the morning. The Starbucks order, yeah. Yep. All that's coming back to bite him in the ass. Because yeah. as soon as people turn on you and they're starting to, uh, they go back to all those you, moments. You remember us? We, you were drinking the Kool Aid. Oh, I was. And you're like, wow. I was. Here come the lions. I was, and, and I'm. And there they go. I'm still sipping it, but in a much less moderate we amount. We should. Let's give them a little bit of credit. Yeah. We could have won at least two games. And you look at the teams that we lost to. From a, from a positive standpoint, Baltimore is a playoff team. Yep. They beat us on a last-second field goal. Longest field goal in NFL history, actually. Right? Of course. Of, of course. Right? So, that's one game you look at. You look at the 49ers, who yep. just had a dominant win. Yep. And they're playing how they should they're be getting playing. better. Right? And we come back. And make that a game in the fourth quarter. That first yep. half was atrocious, but we make that a game. You look at the game against the Rams. We're up 13 in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and that gets out of hand for some odd reason because yep. we're the Lions. Yep. Right? What are some other? Uh, the Vikings. Last week. We lost last, by three. Obviously, last week is a huge one. And you're like, it just continues to happen. Lost on a field goal to the Vikings? This is the, yeah, the Vikings with a field goal as well. And you're like, how does this continue to happen? So the fact that we're competitively losing gives me some type of hope. Yeah, we did die. We also did die to a team that hey, might be a playoff team. The AFC North is not bad. You know, we got the Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. And we almost yeah. beat three of those teams. It's insane. I mean, the Bengals kind of handed it to us. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah, neither, neither do I. But I we really don't. don't. If you look at it, we could have beat three and one against <laughs> all those four teams. But we're not. But we could. Instead, we're over. Yep. Which is ridiculous. Over. But it's it's just so odd to me. I I, I don't even understand... I don't think the people in the building understand either as far as the direction of that franchise and where they're mm. going. I really don't. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of direction. And is that an ownership deal? Is that Maybe a- we're tanking. Maybe we're 
putting Tim Boyle in the game because yeah. we want to lose. And that was the first time I've actually thought that was last week. Yeah. That was the first time where I confidently looked on the field because, like like I've heard other people say, that is the worst insult I feel like you can give a, pro- a program or a franchise or organization is that you look like you're trying to lose. Yeah. Because obviously if you're not, that is an awful insult. Right. But that is the first time I've confidently looked at our team. I say our, like I'm part of it. Right. I've looked at our team and I've I've felt like, man, these guys might actually be trying to lose this game. Which is a terrible feeling. Yeah. I mean third and third and what? Fourteen and we run the ball? A draw. Yeah. And then we punt mm-hmm. with three minutes left. And then we have the chance we get down inside, we're in the red zone or something. It's like a fourth and one. And we kick it. Kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. You quite literally have nothing to lose. Yeah. It's not even just a metaphorical saying at that point. There is nothing to lose. No one's going to blame you for that decision. And Dan Campbell was the one that embraced the, excuse me, initial idea of just going for it on fourth down. You love that idea. Just that gritty, does not stop, momentum-based football. Right? And so for, for us to not do that was a little bit disappointing. Uh, but we will, I, we will have one record though, possibly. What's that? First team to go oh it's sixteen and one. <laughs> How about that? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and the funny part is too is like the Lions they added a game to the schedule and the Lions still found a way to go in sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more chance. <laughs> we didn't lose though. Yeah, we didn't. Um, but I mentioned that Michigan State game against Ohio State. Right. Right. And now tell me, this is very, very interesting to me because I know a lot of Michigan fans. Mm -hmm. And there are some Michigan fans that after watching that Michigan State-Ohio State game, watched that game and said, oh, yeah, we got this. I know know some of those fans. What could you have possibly seen from that game that would have made you sit up on your couch and said, yeah, this one, we're taking this one. Not to say they're going to go and get blown out, obviously. Right. It's in Ann Arbor, right? It's not You're not going on the road. Right. You're not in the horseshoe. But by the same token, that offense looked unstoppable. It did. And Michigan State played atrocious on the defensive side of the ball. They did not play well this is for my, a large portion. This is my of take game. as a Michigan fan. Let's hear it. I don't think we'll get blown out because I, I feel like Michigan's defense is a little bit better than Michigan State's defense. They better be. They, hopefully they, they are. They better be. And this is our best team since... The JT was short game. Yeah. So this is this is mm-hmm. our best chance. The JT was if we're short gonna, game. If we're going to beat them ever again, <laughs> this is our best chance since that year. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I will gonna, be there. I'm not going like to say we're going to win. I, like I will people. be in attendance with my Michigan State gear on underneath <laughs> my other gear. I'm not going to say we're going to win. Mm-hmm. I just hope we'll win. Yeah. That's but, my, dude, that... That's my opinion on the topic. And, and you know, on the topic of them, they're, they're wide receiver core. Right, Olave is the one that headlines that core. Then you have the other two guys that I I, I forget the names, but uh, just unreal stats. Yeah, Wilson, right, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, and, and Njaku. Some yeah. double last name. Yep. So um, I don't want to do him a, a disservice by trying to pronounce his last name, but um, they're fantastic football yeah. players. Like yeah. they're just phenomenal athletes. I mean, we know Chris Olave is like that. He's been doing that. He has been doing that, and he was supposed at, to be at like the beginning the of the season. It's like, oh, what happened to Olave? Like, uh huh. And up, no, here he is. He's here. He has arrived. He's he has he, not arrived. He's been here, but. Um, they had the they released the finalists for the Blinkoff Award, I, I believe. I forget the you know the wide receiver finalists. Um, right. None of them were the Ohio State wide receivers. Yeah. Wow. How's yeah. that? How's that? I possible? don't know. Who is it? I don't. Um. It w- it was bad. I'll, I'll pull it up here as, as we're talking about. I don't even it. know any other wide receivers. 
You don't know any other wide receivers? That are like even should be up for the award? Well, there's one um from there's one from Alabama. Um, I'm hundred percent oh. sure. But let me let me find it right here. Okay, so here you have the Blintnikoff Award finalists for the best wide receiver in college football. You have David Bell from okay, Purdue. Okay, that makes sense. So that one's he's, valid. He's had some games. He's had yep. some games for sure. Jordan Addison from Pitt, and then Jamison Williams from uh, Alabama. And Joel Klatt tweeted that quote. I'm a fan of each of these wide receivers. They had a great, they've had great seasons. However, the fact that none of the Ohio State wide receivers are on this list is an indictment on the award itself and reflects poorly on those who vote for it. Right. And we have breaking news on the pod. Right now. Give that a look. James Franklin has agreed to a new 10-year contract to remain as Penn State coach through the 2031 season. Breaking news. Wow. That is terrible. There were rumors that he was going to try and leave for the LSU job, right. amongst other jobs. That is, is really, wild. Has he really done them anything? Though? Right. I mean, people are like have a people have a hard time with it's Harbaugh. Gonna, it's going to be a battle of the contracts this week. MSU and Penn State. People have fit that about contract, Harbaugh yeah. in Michigan, uh-huh. and he's, and he's I mean, about his getting reinstated. Way better than yeah. James Franklin. The problem with Harbaugh is he just can't win the big games. That's yeah. people's arguments, right. right? But I mean, he's done extremely well in Big Ten, just conference play in general. He just, just can't win the big, yeah. He just can't win the big games, yeah. Um, and that's why Mel is has gotten paid as such, right? Yeah. Oh, Ninety some million dollars, ten years, because he's two and zero versus Michigan, right? That's exactly why. I heard someone uh, not gonna name who it was, but okay, they were like, "Wow, we're forty nine points in the first half. <laughs> Mel should give some of that money back." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, you mean throw that at a recruiting or something? Because then yeah. he bashed his players after the game subtly. He did, right? Like, did you see that? I did not. Because he talked about he talked about how, um, you know, in the by comparison from them to Ohio State, that they need to catch up in recruiting, <laughs> and that we need to get the athletes that can go one on one. Recruiting. He and had like, like twenty five transfers. I was like, damn, this is on you, I was man. Like, that's that's I mean, that's a subtle. I mean, it's not like a slap in the face to your players per se, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. Right? Like, we need to get the athletes. We don't have the athletes right you now. You have the Heisman candidate. So, I mean, that's he the had, next like, thing. six carries. That's the next that? thing I wanted to talk about. Is K-9 Kenneth Walker? He's out of the Heisman conversation, everyone's saying. I mean, like, what happened? He only had six carries. It's ridiculous. Like, And they weren't the first one. The first one set the tone for the game. Did uh-huh. you see that first carry? He was tackled behind I, the I line of scrimmage. The game. Oh, you didn't? No. So, he was swarmed by, like, three defensive linemen, like, one or two yards behind the line. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, it's going to be one of those days. They just not run the ball or what? They happened? did not. And especially when you get down by that many scores that yeah. early, you don't have the luxury of trying to run the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean. So, he had a few runs that were effective, like 12, you know, 13-yard runs, a few of those. And you're like, yeah, that's, you know, get them going. Yeah. Get, feed them the rock a little bit. Because without him and without the running part of their offense, their passing offense is not good enough to win them games. Right. So I mean, and we saw that in the Michigan Heisman game. or not, like yeah, nobody's, nobody's going to do good on six carries. Exactly, bro. Exactly. You can't. You cannot expect that out of someone. So, is he out of the race after that performance? Everyone seems to say that he is. Probably, and it's hard, but because, not his fault, right? Like six carries. Like I know, he didn't even get the ball. Exactly, he didn't even get a chance. So right now, everyone kind of makes it seem like it's either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, the quarterbacks for Ohio State and Alabama, which. Are the obvious choices, yep. especially after Stroud's okay. performance against yeah. Michigan State, which and I will Bryce say, Young, he had a good game. He did have a real, he had a better statistical game he than, did. which is how I don't know. These quarterbacks are throwing for 500 yards. Yeah, I don't understand, right? Yeah. But you didn't watch the Ohio State Michigan State. I didn't. So they start off with CJ 
and he's not making extremely difficult throws. He's mm-hmm. doing everything right, but it's a lot of pretty quick game concept type things. Conceptually, yep. there's nothing that's super fancy. What they've been doing. Exactly. But they're just piecing people apart with these wide receivers. Yeah. So the wide receivers get those balls, and their yards after catch have to be insane. So now as you go through the game, though, they started getting him out of the pocket a little bit more, got some rollouts going. He took some deep shots that were right on the money, like yeah. hit these dudes in stride, and you're like, okay, like this kid is. Yeah. And kids, when I say kid, like there. this kid is legit. He's yeah. like 19. Yeah. He's younger than me, I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't doubt it. He's a, he's a freshman. Or second year? I think he's a second year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's, he's somewhere in there. And I just don't understand it, but he he played very well. Like he he did finish out that game, played very well. So he was. I've I've watched a few Ohio State games this year. Yeah, and he was not impressing me. Right early on, it took him a little. But bit. you know, when you have those receivers, I mean, shoot, they make anybody look good. That is very true. So I, you could turn around and say that oh, Alabama's got some damn good wide receivers too. So I mean, yeah, obviously. But no, Bryce Rung, Bryce Rung, Bryce Young is the real deal. So, yeah. between those two, I'd say that's definitely your favorites. I, I'm with you. I wouldn't rule Kenneth Walker out. I feel like the Heisman race is kind of boring this year. It is. There's no, like... Oh, like, a couple quarterbacks, yeah. Kenneth was kind oh, of the... Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he I was know. kind of the excitement. Six he carries. was kind of the excitement of all of it, and now yeah. everyone's already counted him out. So, if he comes out this week and has a monster game against Penn State, like a Michigan-caliber game for him... Right, five touchdowns. Right? Something crazy. He'll be back in it. He'll be back in it. He should. He, he should definitely be. should be. Yeah. Right, because that's a legitimate opponent. Penn State, obviously, legitimate opponent. The Nittany Lions. Um, but it, it's just I mean, interesting. Big Ten team is always a legit. Yeah, you would think, you would hope so. Except maybe like Northwestern. Exactly. <laughs> what happened to that man? I don't know. What happened? It's like they either make it to the Big Ten championship, yeah. or they go Owen for. Either way, they just lose to Ohio State. So yeah, it just doesn't matter. Um, but it, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. It's hard. It's hard to figure out. But we don't have the excitement of. You know, the Heisman excitement of some random group of five guy who's lighting it up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we just don't have that. Some random year. group of five. Right? Guy. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like, you just have some guy that's lighting it up, and you're like, is he really that? Like, um, right. why am I blanking on the name? Running back from Buffalo. Oh, yeah. P- Patterson? Patterson. Dude. Wow, eight touchdowns. Whoa. He was going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Video game numbers. He was? And you're like, wait a minute. Like, this guy can't. He can't be. Right. Like, he can't. But. But then he goes and runs for another 300 yards. Yeah. And you're like, who? There, go, there he goes. There goes that boy. Like, he was like 5'9", like pretty average build. Obviously, like super quick and strong dude, wiry. But, like, that, like, he was dominating. And that's Division One football all the same. So It is. It, it's interesting. So, it, it'll be um, interesting is is the light way to put it. Uh, I want to finish on some, some rankings here. Uh, and we look at the AP. Cincinnati is number four. In the AP. The AP. Deservedly so? Yeah. I, mean, I would say so. They haven't lost a game. And they've taken care of business. In the majority of those games, they've looked legitimate. Yeah. Like, absolutely legitimate. Their quarterback is solid. He doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Ritter, right? Yep. Grayson Ritter. Solid so guy. He is Huge uh, dude. He's a big boy. He is. And he does not get enough credit. I really don't think he does. Is he a Heisman candidate? No. Do I want the Lions to draft him? No. no. But he's legit. Yeah, like, he's He good. is a solid quarterback, and he's been making... Uh, moves for them. They are eleven he and zero right now. So wow, we haven't even mentioned Georgia at all, right? And that's how Georgia's I feel the like one taking care of business. That's how already. I feel like Georgia likes it though. They don't get talked about, even though they're number one in the country. They've been yeah. there for a while now, and yeah. no one says anything about no. Georgia. Pretty which sure is they weird. Were, uh, they were allowing like ten points a game or something. Dude, their defenses for a while unreal. Now I will say they got some headlines because of uh, Jordan Davis. You see his touchdown, I the did. big number the big ninety guy. something. Yep. Hilarious. Is by he the a D lineman? He is. Nice. He is comical. 
that picture of him and then another defensive lineman and that regular sized human standing <laughs> next to each other. Did you see that? No. It's like a regular sized, like some middle aged white dude. Okay. Standing next to a defensive lineman from Georgia who is six three, six four, you know, three fifteen. Like you're typical, you know, pretty big yep, boy. Pretty good. And then there's Jordan Davis, and he towers over him, over the other he? guy. I think he's like six Statistical? seven. I think he's like six wow. seven, six eight. Somewhere, somewhere along those lines, and just like he's got to be like three fifty. Oh, he's got to at least three sixty. Like at least, um, I saw the video of him touch running in that touchdown. How awesome was he that? Kind of like, just like hit the back of the line and just kind of like and flop, just rolled, just flopped in, like just rolled in. And then he was uh, conducting the band, dude. He's a character. He's having a, a day. Okay, he's listed as six six three thirty. He looks more than that. He does look pretty large. He is a religion major. Okay. <laughs> What? Amen. <laughs> uh, he's number 99. All right. That, that's awesome. That is so sweet. Um, yeah. He's listed as 6'6", 330. Okay. I don't. I, I believe he actually is larger than that. I, I really will confidently say that I think he's larger than that, dude. Like, this man is larger than life. I don't understand. That's not. That is not Jordan Davis. <laughs> there he is. That's the homie right there. Yeah, he is. He's he big. is massive yep and he's a character too like his personality has come out these last couple games but georgia's uh-huh. defense who's beating georgia's defense that's the thing like you alabama? look at even even as good as like alabama or ohio state right they don't have the defense alabama does not have the defense that they've had in the past no, they've been pretty they're letting here dude, recently they've been playing like a big 12 team yeah yeah how unreal is that for an alabama and the right. sec they've been playing like a big 12 team it's a shootout almost every week for them right and that's Against not, not good, good. no Against teams that are not producing the numbers that they... They're producing way better against Alabama than they should be. Mm-hmm. Alabama used to stomp on those teams. And by no means has Alabama really fallen off. Like, no. they're still dominant. But they're just playing a very different brand of football than what we've seen. Mm. Right. Right? I'm hope I'm all in for Georgia to beat them whenever they play. I think so, too. Well, it'll be, it, it'll be SEC Championship, yeah. right? So, we'll play that. And then... If Alabama has two losses, they're, they're it, out, man. You think so? They're out. And that'll be a tough one. And their, their first loss was at Oregon. Yep. Yeah. No. Nope. Alabama. It's uh, Texas A and M. Was it A and M? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio State lost to Oregon. I, yeah. Ohio State lost to Oregon. How about that Oregon Utah game? Yeah. Or Utah kinda, was favored. I kind of not even I an know. upset. I know. I kind of felt that one coming too. I, it was I, ridiculous. I, I was watching Utah like earlier in the season. I'm like, man, these guys are good. They're solid defensively. And too. then I see physical Oregon night game at Utah. I'm like, that's that's over. That's with. trap. That's over. With. Probably why they were favored. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, you're right. It was as A&M, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So lose to A&M. And when you think about the college football playoff committee, their criteria for their rankings, I believe conference, uh, strength of schedule, I believe is number one, obviously the winning and everything, but strength of schedule is number one. Number two is conference championships. Yeah. And if you lose the conference championship, even though it's to Georgia, assuming they make it there, which they will, and it'll be tough because if you have a team like that, they're going to kick them out. Who comes in then? Right. Is it well, like a Notre Dame? Say, Is it like a Cincinnati? Hypothetically, what? Michigan wins this weekend. Okay. Okay. Then they win the. They go on then to win the Big Ten get championship. Really interesting. Now what? then things get really. You got interesting. Georgia. You got a two loss Alabama. Yeah, since with like a two. And you got one loss Michigan, two loss Ohio State, which but they're good. So yeah. I mean like, and then you got Alabama, two losses maybe. That's when it gets really interesting, like really it's interesting. Like, wow. And you're you're gonna piss somebody off. Yeah, that's just how it goes in that business. I think Cincinnati gets in. I yeah. If Michigan loses, 
Well, yeah, assuming they win out, Cincinnati wins out and wins the uh, American Conference, well, right? Michigan loses, and Cincinnati's definitely in. Yeah. So Cincinnati has uh, – no, they just played SMU, so they have East Carolina um, this weekend. So that's – I think that'll be – well, East Carolina's decent. I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, count them out, but um, I, I really don't think they're going to have any trouble. I think they're going to finish up the season just fine, go through that – Go to that championship game. Um, it's usually against Tulsa, right? They usually play Tulsa in that championship, and they only beat Tulsa by eight points. Yeah, Tulsa's not bad. Tulsa's always for their conference. Tulsa's always solid. Like that's the team that um, they always go back and forth with. They have had some pretty close games. They beat Navy by only seven points there. How about we talk about um, old UTSA? Yeah, I don't even think they're worth talking about. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Eleven and zero, and I could care less. I honestly, honest. I just could care less. You see how they won their last game? I did. A win's a win. Don't get me wrong. It's a win. But that was almost that was borderline a loss. Can't go undefeated if you don't win them all. You can't. And there's one of the guys that uh, for college football on Fox, he uh, Ray Young or something along those lines. Okay. When he does his rankings, his number one criteria is undefeated teams. So UTSA is like number three in the country <laughs> or number two or three in the country. And I'm like. You gotta look. It's a, they're above Alabama and Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, no you chance. Reevaluate. Like I, I like that. I like the thought. Yeah, but if but we're talking just, like you're just realistic, pissing, you're just pissing people off. But <laughs> that's all I've got for today. I just I, they're not they're just not worth talking about for yeah. me. It's incredible what they've been able to do, and they've had a great season. But I don't even think they're on the same level of lie. hype as like a UCF when they were doing when they were undefeated. Right. I remember, I remember at the beginning of the season when. ESPN would post graphics of like, like this if your team is still undefeated, and that was like twenty teams. Yeah, and then they eventually stopped because everybody lost, and I didn't even know they were undefeated still until the other day. <laughs> it's like UTSA keeps the season alive. I was like, wow. I'm the field. Yeah, the field goal. Yeah. Like how, dude? And it, like I was saying, I don't even think they're on that same level as like that UCF team a few years ago. They're really not. not even close. I don't. I, even think, yeah, I, I don't even think they are. actually. I don't know. Or like I a watched, coastal. Or like I a coastal a Carolina. single second of any of their games, so I don't know. Like, remember that Coastal Carolina-BYU game? I just assumed no. Like, that get game was electric. Yeah. Mullis versus Mormons? UCF was good when they were UCF good. UCF was crazy. Who was that quarterback? Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. That him, was though? awesome football. About Milton coming back in and winning the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's so mind-boggling to me that people will actually seriously talk about that as as a, a top contender. But it is what it is, and that's that's all I've got for Maybe today. Maybe if you want to like say like top ranking because they're undefeated, like okay, yeah, okay, not, not mm-hmm. a, to top twenty-five deservedly so. Maybe top fifteen. Maybe 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 like that's I think they're I, like a nineteen. That's right. Top twenty-five for yeah, sure. We can agree easily top twenty-five team. But are they in the top twenty-five? They are. Yeah. Let's see AP where they have them at. Um, I will look here real quick. But they're definitely top 25. They are 15. 15. Wow. Wow. Above, above Utah. Wow. Above Utah? And Wake Forest, because Wake Forest has... They were undefeated. They were 9-0. They lost... Or they were 8-0. No, sorry. They've lost two. Yeah. That's not good. What about old uh, Wisconsin's? They're coming. Wisconsin's they're 18. Hot. Yep. They're hot. They are. Seven straight. Seven-game win streak. Holy cow. Iowa Louisiana really snuck fell back off in the there. board. Iowa did. They were number two. They had no right being a number two team in the country. They but kind of they looked like number two for like, oh, uh, for a, like a, a week. I almost never. I never bought that. You're like wow, Iowa's that. good. Yeah. Nope. I just never bought it. I just can't. I can't take Iowa seriously like that. Every once in a while, they 
They do some. They're hard. They pull out some wind. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. Like, whoa. Huh? And no. Next week. No, no. no. But thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Like I said, we'll have another episode out uh, later this week, hopefully with uh, another guest to get here on the podcast. But um, as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Uh, no video version of the podcast right now. So check us out on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show, get some announcements, you know, just overall, just be a good person. If you drop a rating on Apple Podcast, I appreciate it. Blaze appreciates it. Um, but thank you all I for really listening. Do. And uh, that's it, Blaze. Appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. Good, good little, to be back. Good little break on the on the pod. Appreciate you, brother.